It's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our theme music is Fruit of the Louvre, provided by flick composer-producer Howard Eddy. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Program. Have you lost your job and your health care coverage due to COVID-19? You're not alone, and Genesee Health Plan can help. I called, and they provided health care enrollment over the phone with Medicaid, HealthCare.gov, and Genesee Health Plan. They made sure I had access to doctor visits, my prescriptions, and more. Getting health care coverage can be confusing. You don't have to do it alone. Get help with GHP. Call 844-232-7740 or go to GeneseeHealthPlan.org. We're in this together, and together we'll get A through it. A social distancing tip. While the CDC urges you to avoid close contact, like hugging or shaking hands, there are other non-physical ways to say hello. Wave, wink, use sign language, salute, smile, give the peace sign, throw up an air high five, do jazz hands. Remember, stay a minimum of six feet or two arms length away from others and stay home if you can. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Hi, I'm U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and I'm listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Tom Sumner. we got a good one in store, and we're going to get right into it here in about a minute. Um, it's uh, Friday. We're going to kick the weekend off and, uh, and get a little uh, kind of a hat tip to Valentine's Day this weekend. We have a musical guest. Um, Dave Hamilton will be joining me by phone during the third half of our three-hour tour to kick the weekend off early. He's from the Happy Curmudgeons, and we'll hear some of their music, and we'll have a conversation with Dave. Plus, we'll hear, uh, like I said, a little send-up to Valentine's Day this weekend. And uh, coming up in the uh, second hour of our three-hour tour, we're going to talk to Judith Pearson. She's from Flint originally, by the way. And she has uh, a biography of the cancer survivorship movement that she's written. Judith Pearson has written a book called From Shadows to Life. We'll talk about that. But first, we're going to talk with John Lawrence. This is a lot of fun. Stay tuned. And welcome back, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner Program. My guest this hour is the author of a new book called the Prosperity Project. He is a wealth manager with over 25 years of experience. His name is John Lorenz. He joins me by phone. Hi, John. Welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you this morning? I'm I'm doing well. Um, I I didn't mention it during the introduction, John, but, but I will now. What is the definition of true prosperity according to Merrill Lynch versus JKL Wealth Management. Oh, that's that's the first time I've heard that question. That's very interesting. <laughs> I think <laughs> I, I I I don't want to I don't want to step on any toes, but I think that the uh, 
the big difference would be in my prosperity and how I look at it. In my, I was in my younger years when I was with Merrill Lynch, and um, you know, had thought I was going to rule the world and become, you know, the CEO <laughs> of, of of Merrill Lynch in corporate America. And then after you know a few bumps and bruises along the way, and a financial crisis, and uh, being bumped by BFA, I my 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 wisdom maybe took me down a path where a little bit slower day was a, a more prosperous day for me, if you will. Well, and, I wanted uh, to, I wanted a way, John, to, to kind of introduce. I, I wanted to sneak in a little bit of resume, but, but also some philosophy. I would think that uh, wealth management is, um, is, is fairly competitive, maybe even a little brutal at times. No question. You're right on the money. Um, I, I love the question. It's great. I mean, it really does. You do dissect it. Um, it is it is really hyper, hyper competitive. And, um, you know, when you're in the mix with the major Wall Street firm like a Merrill Lynch, you know, you're you're running really hard and really fast and you're being compared constantly to your peer group, you know, um, as far as assets under management and all of those types of things. And I was moving up the food chain there. I was a branch manager with them and was the manager of the year for the United States in 2006. So, you know, I was really, really neck deep in that. Um, when I when I took my move and started my own firm, I've got an office now a block from the beach and I get my dog down and run the dog in the morning. <laughs> I, I, I have a, a different philosophy and disciplines at this point in, in the game. And it's a much smaller um, sphere, but a much more meaningful one to me in that, you know, I have about 70 families that I work with and I go deep um, with them. And it's not something where we're driven to constantly run out there and, and compete and, and find new people, but more to get more depth with the people that we have, if you will. And and what exactly is true prosperity? I mean, the book is called The Prosperity Project. How much is prosperity and how much is project? Well, I, it's it, it, they go hand in hand in my in my experience, and and the genesis of the book was a lot of things. It was my own personal transformational process, if you will. Um, I you know I went through a, what you might call a midlife crisis, and and it was a lot to deal with, and I had a lot of tools that I had to find and use to get myself where I needed to be. I had a hip that was completely outrageously painful and causing problems, a divorce that was going on, and all kinds of those factors that a lot of people face, but it was it was a battle. Um, to, hey, to go John, that. after having been divorced kind of a lot, I'm curious, which was more painful, the divorce or the hip? <laughs> asking for a friend I, you know what i can tell you that I, the uh the hip can be fixed <laughs> that's funny that's good but yeah that was that was a process to get through and i will say that you know i get along swimmingly with my ex-wife and uh and so that's that's and the hip is fixed. But in looking at my own situation and building and then looking at clients across the board for 25 plus years, thousands of them, you know, the, the thing that stuck out to me is money is important, but it is not the most important thing when it comes to prosperity, because 
I've I've had people that had twenty million dollars that were the most miserable cusses you've seen in your life, <laughs> and so it, and maybe you've known some like that yourself. I was, I was going to say maybe we've crossed paths with some of the same people. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it kind of begs the question when you see you know somebody who has far less and is in a much better state and much happier, which I would call much more prosperous than somebody that maybe has it all. And it, I kind of broke it down into the big three, which are your health, your wealth, and your relationships. And it, it, it really is, the health is first and foremost in our lives. If we don't have it, it, you know, there's no way to feel prosperous. If you've ever been sick in bed with the flu real bad or, or worse, you know the only thing you really want is to get back to normal and get, get on your feet again. And You could say the same as, thing about the pandemic, John. For sure. Absolutely. It's 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 really deep and cutting deep in a lot of ways, isn't it? Well, it is when you were talking, you know, the first thing I, I thought of is when you talk about relationships, you know, people have been so cut off from one another during this pandemic. It is. For sure. It's brutal. And you you have to work at these things. I mean, on top of being cut off and isolated, we're being like, there's this we're being fed through our screens, you know, whether it's the news, you know, on on whatever political fronts and the iPhones and the computers that we have. I mean, between being isolated and cut off from everybody and then digesting and being consumed by information, not consuming information, it, it's driving a lot of people close to the edge, I might say. <laughs> I mean, really, truly. Um, so yeah, the the health is a, is critical. The wealth is when you got to have the roof over your head and have the basics covered, right? I mean, you have to be able to pay the bills and eat and all those things, and then have a little bit of scratch left over for some hobbies and fun. Um, but even if you've got the most money in the bank and you're the healthiest guy in the gym, if you're fighting with your partner, you are going to be prosperous. You know, you've got to have all three of them kind of in alignment or at least going the right way in order to feel, you know, prosperity. And that's the big three that I call it at the base of the pyramid. Well, let me, let me see if I can set this up a little bit. You know, you say that money isn't everything, and there are some people with a lot of money that are pretty miserable. If you can't take it with you and you can't enjoy it while you've got it, that leaves relationships and health, and we're scared to death about health because of the pandemic, and we're cut off from everybody by the pandemic. How, uh, how do you recommend a map for a, a life well-lived in the I, midst yeah, of all this? <laughs> yeah, that's, I, I know. And I'm, it really I'm putting comes you on down... the spot a little bit, John, by painting no, kind I of a it. dreary picture. But but essentially, <laughs> but but essentially, that's what the book is about: is is how yeah. to how to um, sort of inventory, you know, your life and and figure out where it's lacking and and how to build abundance in those areas. That's right. And you know what? The basics of the book and the bottom line is you don't want to make it bigger than it is. We don't, you know, we don't like to have a mountain in front of us and say, I got to climb that mountain. Uh, James Clear in his book, Atomic Habits, says, don't think about running 10 miles. Just think about putting on your running shoes. You know, once you get your running shoes on, maybe you only do a mile. That's okay. You got out and you did it. It's sort of the same thing with this pandemic and with your health, wealth, and relationships. This is meant to just be a nudge, a gentle nudge to have. Have it in front of you, you know, out of sight, out of mind, 
if we don't think about it, we don't do it a lot of times. So I just, I'm really putting it on, on myself because I, I really physically made a checklist and I had it sit on my kitchen table about, okay, what did I do things for my health this morning? Did I look at my wealth? And who am I calling today? I call, there's two kinds of relationships in our lives. You've got what I call code red contacts, and those are people you love to talk to. They make you feel good. And then you've got life suckers. And life suckers, by definition, you can tell what that is. It's somebody you just, you get off the phone with them, and you just, you just feel worse than you felt before you started the conversation, and they get in your head. That, that so sounds you a, be, a little bit like my ex-wives, John. <laughs> then, you know what? Don't talk to her anymore. <laughs> you know that that old that old line, that joke when the guy goes to the doctor and he says, "Doc, it hurts when I do this." And the doc says, "Well, don't do that anymore." Penny so, Youngman, you bet. Yeah. So it's like be be conscious in a, in a subtle way. It's more of just a gentle nudge to you know make a list of those people that you 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 need to talk to more often and make a conscientious game plan to pick up the phone and call them and and to plan a trip to go see them and those types of little things will make all the difference. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Henny Youngman. There's there's another one I'll share with you, John. <laughs> Guy goes to the doctor, doctor says take off all your clothes and go over to the window and stick your tongue out. He says, "Why do you want me to do that?" He says, "I'm mad at my neighbor." <laughs> <laughs> That's that's another one from the the Henny Young. I like it. The Henny Youngman joke good. book. He says uh, he says to his doctor said to him said, uh, "Oh, you're going to live to be sixty. He said, "I am sixty. So what I tell you? <laughs> I love it. I you, love it. Sorry, you got me started there, John. But, I'm good. But, I love it. But, it's great. But let's get back to. Um, uh, prosperity and and what true prosperity really means well i mean when we when we look at the whole picture you know you, you if you get into wealth and you get into stacking up more money and more cars and you know more things ultimately it's that immediate gratification is going to is going to continue to just need more. It's a hedonistic adaptation is what it's called. Big word for just being greedy. Um, and it doesn't work ultimately. So there's way more to the picture. And we find that when we have the relationships in the right place, and then we're growing in some form or fashion, and that doesn't have to be a religious or spiritual thing. It, it, for me, it is, but it doesn't have to be. And But as a human being, we need purpose. We need to feel like we're moving forward in our daily lives. And so you have to find a little piece to work on there. You have to have adventure, which is the next step. And so that means you've got to have fishing trips planned or golf games you know, some trips to wherever you might want to go. You need it on the calendar so you have something to look forward to. And then lastly in the picture is legacy. I mean, you want people to feel good about you while you're in the community, while you're here doing good things, helping people, and you also want them to talk talk nicely about you when you're gone. At least most of us do. If you're a functional human being, you do anyway, <laughs> right? So that's, I mean, in the whole picture, when you frame it and you have it kind of in front of mind, it's it's amazing how much you do the little things to really feel that overall impact on your life. And you do feel prosperous, you know? More with the author of The Prosperity Project, John Lorenz.
straight ahead. Hello out there, everybody. It's me, Tigger. T-I-Double-G-R. That spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner program on account of because he's so bouncy. <laughs> I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Wearing a mask helps prevent the spread of COVID-19. Wear your mask correctly. Wash your hands with soap and water for at least 20 seconds before putting on your mask. Holding the ear loops or ties, make sure the mask covers your nose and mouth and secure it around your chin. Try to fit it snugly against the sides of your face. Make sure you can breathe easily and keep the mask on the entire time you're in public. To learn more, visit cdc.gov slash coronavirus. The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wacky stories we call the X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. Imagine a journey down a picturesque river. Imagine your Flint River, 142 miles of recreation, natural beauty, and precious resources. The Flint River is a vital resource that is available for all to use and enjoy. The river and its ecosystem provide unlimited recreational opportunities and natural beauty while supporting wildlife in a vibrant landscape. We all have a responsibility to protect and preserve this precious resource. Learn more at FlintRiver.org or call the Flint River Watershed Coalition at 810-767-6490. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. The Tom Sumner 
TomSumnerProgram.com The Tom Sumner Program.com This is Congressman Dan Kildee, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. More with the author of The Prosperity Project, John Lorenz, straight ahead. And I, re- I was reading something, I think, press about your book that said, um, uh, if your life were made into a movie, would you want to watch it? <laughs> That's right. That's <laughs> and, right. And I got thinking about the movie analogy, and, you know, we can't really do much about the beginning. Right. But how much control does the middle have over the end? Right. Well, I think it, 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 you know, we've got to, we've got to want our life to be better. And I say it in the book, look, nobody is going to come from the happiness sweepstakes and sweep you off your couch and say, you win, now you're happy. <laughs> you know, you, you, you got to get off your behind and you got to go like take the, you know, take the initiative to get up. Um, and I find myself saying that often, you know, it's just me and my dog blue now. And sometimes blues stories get a little old, so I got to, and I got just got to say, okay, get up and get out there, you know, and go do something. And boy, it really does make a difference when you, when you have that mindset that I'm just not going to get dreary, I'm not going to get caught up in this dungeon of a life that this lockdown has created. I'm going to go find something happy with. You know, it's it's interesting that this book comes out at a time when people are are really truly beginning to see light at the end of the tunnel by way of vaccines and eventual herd immunity, and there's some hope we'll get back to, if not completely back to normal, at least to some kind of new normal. And it's interesting that your your book comes out now, and it makes me wonder, was that by design, or did you just end up during the pandemic having a lot of time on your hands and were able to spend the time writing a book? <laughs> it was not at all by design. It was like uh, I started the book before I had any idea, really, that there was going to be such a crazy pandemic. I mean, the book, I, I I started the book about six months before the pandemic started. And originally, it was going to be a holistic retirement lifestyle kind of thing. Um yeah. And it, it just kind of took its turns and, and, and shapes. And I had my knee replaced in February 18th last year. My daughter had quit her job in a tech company and was tr- going to travel the world at 26 years old. And she got to Australia and they got the pandemic hit. Oh, so boy. here I was with my knee replaced and she was in Australia and she came home. And as it turns out, the book just kind of took this shape shift of her working together on it a little bit the, through the pandemic. And all of my thoughts and what I was doing to, to remain, you know, in a happy place and feel prosperous during the pandemic certainly contributed to the book and the content for sure. But it wasn't by design. And did, uh, did, did you find yourself with a lot of time on your hands or were you someone who was already working from home? Well, I'm fortunate in that I have an office that's a couple of miles away from where I live. And I'm the only one in my office, so I didn't. I was able to, you know, come in and do the same things I would have done from home, um, but just, you know, stay in touch with my my clients and do things over the phone and 
now I've learned more about technology than I ever wanted to know <laughs> with this pandemic and Zoom and everything else that, you know, we've we've ad- adopted and ad- adapted to. It's been been crazy. But yes, I had plenty of time alone. That's for sure. <laughs> well, and, and I, I I've asked several writers if they, um, you know, found themselves because of, you know, stay at home. Uh, directives and and sheltering in place and that kind of thing, uh, being especially productive. And a surprising number of them said, no, like a lot of people, I just kind of stood there like a deer in the headlights. (laughs) Yeah, it's easy to get, like, just in that state. It really is. And when you're writing, do you remember the movie The Shining? Oh, absolutely. And so he was a writer, right? And so yeah. remember when he got isolated and he was he was losing his mind and he was writing all work and no play makes John a dull boy or Jack a dull boy or whatever it was over and over and over again, right? And it you kind of get that block going on when you don't have anything to inspire you when you're sitting in isolation. So it's kind of a double-edged sword. You got time, but you don't have inspiration. It's really it's really different. Um, how were you, um, how did you put this, this book together? Uh, because this is, this is different. Most of the time when I talk to people, they've written a novel or, um, you know, they've, they've written, uh, some kind of, uh, uh, biography or, or something with a clear direction built into it. And this sounds like really you had to come up with everything from the ground up. You know, it was it, it. It sort of was observations, and then you know, the Maslow's hierarchy of needs came into play in my mind. Like, okay, this this kind of makes sense in that same, you know, same sort of framework. In in a that was that work was done in the fifties, um, and I'm sure you you know maybe remember that um, a lot of people have. It was. Prior to him, they were the psychology field was about looking at the mentally ill and trying to figure them out. And then when Maslow came along, it was about how to be, you know, self-actualization and being happy. So that was the kind of the, the look at the whole thing. So I did I did actually square back around and look at his work in the in the his pyramid and translated it over into the 2020 era here and moved up the scale. So it was mine is health, wealth, relationships, growth, adventure, and legacy up the, up the pyramid of prosperity. And so there are some similarities that I drew from. In building that pyramid, are, are things stacked um, in, in order or can they be placed concurrently? Yes, they're going to, they're going to, you know, they're going to overlap and, and, and come, come, you know, through in, in all kinds of correlations, right? I mean, health is at the bottom level and that's there for, for a reason. Cause if you don't have it, nothing else really seems to go well. I mean, you, you, you don't care about your wealth and it, it, and usually you're not going to accrue wealth if you're not healthy. Um, it's hard to be good in relationships when you're feeling pain or you're sick you're definitely not going on any adventures. So it does overlap, right? All the way through and about. And then the thing I found was when I got in my lower state where my hip was in absolute horrible, horrible shape, I was way overweight. I mean, I, 
I, I had just gotten 274 pounds and like 35, 40% body fat. I couldn't, I couldn't do the adventures I wanted to do. I could no longer surf. I couldn't do what kayaking and all the things I love to do. So the health part stopped me from the rest of the pyramid, if you will, in so many ways. So it overlaps, right? But but is there an order to it? I mean, it sounds like, of course, you know, take stock yes. of your health first. And, yes, and w- absolutely. Where does money fit in the pyramid? It, it, it's, it's in the second category. So health is in the bottom base. And at the next level is, is wealth, which is money, right? So, you know, you, you, have to, you have to have a certain amount of security and money. Or you, clearly, it's, we, we, need, we need to feel secure in our future. And, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's you're a multi, multi, multi-millionaire and you have a big mansion and a yacht and a country club. If you feel like you're going to lose it, you, it's the same feeling as, you know, any level. You know, it, you don't have that security. You've got to have that next. Yeah, that's that's one of those level. things people say. I would love to have those problems. For um, sure, no sympathy. <laughs> Nobody's got any sympathy at that level for sure. I always, I always feel, uh, you know, pretty rich if my bills are paid on time. Well, I'm right there with you. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the epitome of of wealth. If I if I look at the bill paying stack and it's all caught up. Well, you know, that's it, it, that's another thing that I do say in the book is it's not about it's more about a mental state. Right. And I'm sure you're you're a guy who has that. I don't I'm I'm like you. If I got my bills paid and I've got some, you know, some food on the table and I can afford to go fishing, I'm a pretty happy guy. I don't you know, I don't need a lot of a lot of material things in my in my world to be to be feeling prosperous and happy. Um, so yeah, I'm with you there. Yeah. I just recently for the first time in about 10 years, put a, uh, a hundred dollar bill in my wallet. Um, just, just to have it there. You know, I, I carry my walk it around money in my pocket, but I, you know, just the idea that I had an extra hundred, you know, I, I'm going to just have that there. <laughs> That's a good idea. That's great. I mean, did you say, did you say you had gone through a divorce? Oh, I've, I've been through more than one. I see. But now, <laughs> you're, now you're getting a hundred dollar bill. That's good. That's a that's a start, right? That's, that's, yeah, that's 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 what I thought. I, I, it was a pretty good day when I put that hundred dollar bill in the wallet. Um, you were feeling prosperous, exactly. And and I guess that's the point I want to underscore because when you talk about abundance and you talk about a wealth, it, it's it's not about accumulating a lot it's accumulating what you need that's it and you know I, this an extra you stick happen. it in your wallet that's right <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> you know that's exactly right and i this is not to pat myself on the back or, or get a trophy for anything but two nights ago i went to this local mexican restaurant to to get myself some dinner and outside, this is what this pandemic has created. This this guy standing outside said, hey, could you get me a, would you mind getting me a burrito? He didn't ask for money, so I knew he wasn't going to get booze. And I, 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 it was a weird request, right? Like, yeah. get me a carne, <laughs> carne asada burrito. I said, yeah, sure. 
And I, as I was walking off, he said, yeah, could you get some extra cheese? And I said, hold on a second, I'll get you a burrito, but I'm not doing special <laughs> orders. Anyway, I got the burrito for him and I handed it to him. And he said to me, he said, I just want you to know you really helped a good person out. You really, I'm a good guy. And I just, it, it, it made me going away from him. I mean, that cost me $9.23, right? And I just, I did feel like, okay, you know, that does feel good to be kind and and have that day, I did have a good feeling of prosperous legacy for the day. Not that I changed the world, but you know what I mean. Yeah, if you're in a position to, to do something for somebody else, you're in pretty good shape. Right. That's it. You got it. Absolutely. Well, I I just can't get over uh, the timing of uh, of your book, John, because I I think it's something uh, that a lot of people need to put a lot of thought into now as we approach recovery from this yes this 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 rut we're in. And and what else do you call it but a rut? I mean, it kind of feels like a rut. Well, you they call it. <laughs> A, a grave is a rut with the ends kicked out. So, like, you know, it's, it's it does feel that way, doesn't it? It really is. Just it's been it's been when you think about all we've been through over the last year and change with the political environment we've been through and all of the you know upheaval in society and then the pandemic and the different ages of people being susceptible and. The fear, I mean, it's just, it's really been a crazy, crazy time psychologically and financially. And it's, it's a lot, it's a load on our, on our people and our psyche. And I think, you know, we, we do need to have some sort of formula, right? To put in front of us and kind of keep us on track to, okay, what am I going to do to rebuild this thing and, and get myself where I need to get? And I think it's really, it's cool to have that in front of you. Are there... Are there steps to the the pyramid so that that people can um, notch off manageable chunks? Yeah, I mean, I I basically would create or get a notebook, and I would just start out with my health, and I would just say wherever I stand right now, I'm going to look to improve just a little bit. And if you're not doing anything right now, it's real easy. Do a push up and go for a walk you know, to the mailbox, whatever, start with your health, eat a little bit cleaner. Um, then maybe say, I'm going to take a look at my picture as far as what I might have for subscriptions. I don't use or how I might get a side hustle to make a little bit more money or whatever, run my business more efficiently at a high level, whatever, wherever you're at, meet yourself where you are and then go to relationships. And those three, if you start with those three, you, we all have friends that we should be talking to more often. We all probably have, you know, maybe we could call mom or dad or whoever in our life a little bit more often, but make a mental and a physical note to do it. If you do those three things and you put them down on a piece of paper and you leave it on your kitchen table, I promise you, and if you do it seven days, you're going to feel better. That's where I would start. And and that sounds like a good place to start. And And it looks like a lot of people are going to be in a position to, you know, actually um, need to map out some way to recover some people have lost jobs they're going to have to figure out what's next you know career-wise yep. um yep. there there are just so many aspects of of this that um that this sounds like like really good advice john to to 
basically make a plan and and come up with the areas of your life that need improving and uh, uh, you know work the plan. That's it. I mean, we can't really rely on any any institutions or anybody else. At the end of the day, we've got to pick ourselves up in a way and and put that together and at least initiate you know what what our plan is. What how does achievement fit into the pyramid? Well, I mean, everybody's driven differently in in that in that area, um, and I've gone through you know, changes on what achievement was in my mind and in my life. Uh, sometimes, you know, it's for Tom Brady, it's winning Super Bowls until he dies. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my gosh, to talk about an achiever. Um, but for you meet yourself where you are in regards to achievement. And don't forget to give yourself credit. That's the thing that people people beat themselves up all the time. Like, you know, the self-talk, the irrational things we say to ourselves. When You know, you have to give yourself credit where credit's due in the mental game of life. And, and we achieve a lot, and we just sometimes don't recognize ourselves for it. I think that's where you've got to start. Well, and that's I think that's why people have said forever that, uh, you know— when you accomplish something, it, it isn't all it was cracked up to be. But that's in our heads. That's right. Right. I mean, I, that's, this is, if you keep your expectations lower than whale crap, you know, you're always going to be excited about what you achieved. So <laughs> if you don't have, don't, don't have too high expectations all the time, I guess, and give yourself credit. I mean, but we, even, we've got to be kind to ourselves. Exactly, because I think, um, John, don't you think that, uh, you know, people set themselves up sometimes for disappointment because they'll they'll set a goal and then meet the goal and somehow the goal didn't live up to their expectation. Um even even though they've accomplished it, they've done something, in some cases, something tremendous. Right. Like climbing Absolutely. the mountain you mentioned. Yes. I mean, and, and that, Tom, comes down to, like, you start with gratitude, an attitude of gratitude, like, and not judgment. If we get ourselves away from judgment in so many areas of our life, we're way better off. And that's really heavy duty on ourselves. We judge ourselves more than we judge anybody else. So... If you start from what you're grateful for, I'm so grateful I got this book done and I got it on Amazon, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, let alone hopefully it was good, right? <laughs> so you, you got to have gratitude for those little things in life. And um, that's a great place to be. Well, I, I got to tell you, John, I feel better already. <laughs> oh, well, I love it. I, me too. I've enjoyed this a great deal. Um, we're we're just about out of time, but John, I always give guests uh, an opportunity. Uh, I, I'll let the listeners know again that my guest is uh, John Lorenz, and and he is the author of a new book called "The Prosperity Project: Building Abundance and a Map for a Life Well Lived." Um, and uh, that's in keeping with all the long titles that we <laughs> we hear these days. <laughs> Um, but, John, I always give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about what we've been talking about. Um, and, of course, the, the book is a, a 
great resource. But do you have a website? I do. It's johnlorenz.com, and that's L-O-H is in happy, Lorenz, L-O-H-R-E-N-Z.com. And uh, my other hat is on the wealth management side. That's jklwealth.com. And you can find me at both those places and love to hear from people. Well, John, thanks so much for spending time with me this morning. I feel like my life is uh, a little more well-lived just for the experience. Thank you very much. I really enjoyed it. Take care, John. You bet. Have a good day. Bye. That was John Lorenz, author of the... uh, Prosperity Project. We'll have more of the Tom Sumner program straight Wash my hands. I don't touch my face. I stay at home. Shelter in place. Social distance. Don't go to work I wear a mask and gloves Stay away from church I avoid old folks And should I sneeze I do it in my elbow Or up my sleeve Six feet apart
sing crazy stuff over and over like, yes, dear, yes, dear. At breakfast, I meant to say, honey, please pass me the pepper. Well, what slipped out was, you crazy woman, you've ruined my life. <laughs> of course, I immediately apologized <laughs> as soon as I regained consciousness. Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Hawaiians, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. If you are sick with COVID-19 or think you might have it, take steps to help protect other people from getting sick. Stay home except to get medical care. Call the doctor before visiting. Separate yourself from others who live with you. Wear a mask to protect others. Cover your coughs and sneezes with a tissue and clean your hands right away. Avoid sharing items with other people in your home. This includes things like towels and bedding. Be sure dishes are washed in hot water or the dishwasher before anyone else uses them. Stay aware of how you feel. If you start to have difficulty breathing or if you're worried about your health, call your doctor. For more tips, visit cdc.gov. Hey, this is Tom. Most of the music you hear on the Tom Sumner program is provided by local artists. Tune in Fridays for live music and conversation with some of the area's most talented singers, songwriters, and performers. Hi, this is Greg Nagy. Hey, this is Hopper. Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Lions. Hi, this is Alexander Zonjic. Hi, this is Mark Farner. This is Maurice Davis. Hi, this is Rochelle Ray. Hi there, folks. This is Sweet Willie T. Hey, this is Steve from the Nashville office. I'm Gwen Pennyman Hemphill. The Tom Sumner Program, celebrating the rich talent pool from Flint, Genesee County, and throughout Michigan. common diseases. That's why I want you to realize how important it is to keep hands clean, to wash them regularly and always before meals with Life Boy, which not only removes dirt, but helps to remove germs. Teach the children this habit. Form it yourself. Always use Life Boy for hands and face as well as the bath. America, your children have an amazing superpower. That's right. They can help save lives by simply washing their hands. Just 20 seconds of thorough hand washing after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside can help fight against the dastardly spread of germs. Armed with only soap and water and hands, your superhero can protect you, your family, and everyone out there in America land. Amazing! Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air, where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums, where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses, and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. 
Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. Tom Sumner Program.com The Tom Sumner Program.com Hey, this is First Ward City Councilman Eric Mays, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. The play that I want to tell you about is that Romeo and Juliet. Now there is a real thing. It's it's a story about how this boy and girl was in love of one another, don't you see? It is. And everything would have been all right for them except that their daddies didn't get along. They didn't. And when the play opens, Juliet's daddy is throwing this big fancy dress ball, and he invited the whole town to be there, but he didn't invite none of Romeo's people to come. And his buddies learnt of it, and they put him up to slipping on a costume and slipping in at this party. And he was a spunky kind of a boy, and he done it. <laughs> I think. He done it, and he got in there, and everything was a going good till all of a sudden this girl, Juliet, come down the stairs. And he was so struck by her that he give a soliloquy right there. (laughs) He did. And it wasn't about being or not being, it was about doing or not doing. Well, the do's, they won out over the don'ts. And so what he done, he got her by the hand and started to take her out in the yard. And we'll never know what it was that there's gonna do out there. We won't because this fella Tybalt recognized Romeo for who he was and come up on him a trying to pick a fight. But uh, Juliet's daddy, he didn't want no bloodshed right there in his living room. He didn't, so all he done, he run Romeo off. But uh, Romeo didn't go straight home. (laughs) No, he didn't. He went out and hid in the yard till everybody left the party. And then when they had all went, he popped up and looked around. And he seen this light come on away off yonder. And he says to himself, he says, hark. He says, what light by yonder window shines? He did. And and let me tell you, Juliet stepped out of her bedroom window onto this stoop. And uh, she gave a soliloquy. She did, friends, and somewhere in it, somewhere in it, she says, Romeo, Romeo. She says, wherefore art thou, Romeo? And he popped up and says, I'm right here. (laughs) I thank you. I thank you. Well, 
as it happened, there was this great big pea vine growing up to where she is a standing. <laughs> and so he clumb up it. He clumb up it, and that is where they had that balcony scene. And he, they hadn't been there but just a few minutes till he asked her to marry him. And that shows that he was an honorable boy about it all. <laughs> well, she says when. And he's... <laughs> well, he says now, and that shows that he wasn't up there for no light courting. He wanted to get on with it. Back then, the reason everybody lived in castles was that there was so many of them to put up at nights. Well, there was so many of them there that they had to keep a preacher on duty day and night. <laughs> Fella Friar Lawrence was his name. And so Romeo and Juliet, they went downstairs and woke him up and told him what it was that they wanted to do, and he thought that was all right. So he married them right there. But then, don't you see, it was a question of where they was to spend the night, things being how they, how they was and all. And uh, Friar Lawrence told Romeo that he ought to go on home that night. And uh, Romeo, he didn't take to it too hot. He didn't. He didn't, but he did. He went on home that night, and, and then Romeo thought that he'd better go off and lay low till things cooled off. And while he is gone, friends, Juliet's mama took a great notion that Juliet ought to get married. And then she was in a bind. She was. Because she didn't want two husbands because she figured that Romeo would be enough to take care of by self. And so she went back down to Friar Lawrence to see what she ought to do. And he mixed her up a drink and she drunk it and she fell out across the bed there and everybody thought she is dead and they had this big pretty funeral and laid her out in this family tomb and all. And before that Friar Lawrence could get word to Romeo that she wasn't really dead, some of them mean boys that lived in that town told him that she was dead. And he figured life didn't hold nothing for him. So he went out and got him this big can of lye to drink. So he went over to this tomb where it was she was laid out and he opened the door of it and he says, oh my love, oh my wife, he did. And he went in, and he drunk the lie, and kissed her, and says, with this kiss, I die. And he fell out across to that. And uh, he was a big boy for his age. <laughs> he was. And the impact of him, a falling on her, woke her up. And she woke up, didn't know what was going on, and she looked there and seen Romeo laying dead. And then she figured life didn't hold nothing for her. And then she took his knife and run it into herself, and she expired. <laughs> she did, friends. And the moral of it is, if you've got a boy that courts a girl that you don't like, or the other way around, if you don't want the expense of a double funeral on you, the best thing for you to do is to let them have a cheap wedding. <laughs> This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program.
And the nighttime shows its moonlit face again. If you
pilots, get off of my lawn. We're trying to do a radio show down here. It's a Tom Sumner program, don't you know? Go on. Go on, get out of here. 